This is Saturday, September 18th, and we're coming to the end of our first week of Flourish. Now, for years, when somebody would ask me how they could pray for me, I would ask them to pray for my prayers, or better said, pray that I would be able to pray. Prayer has been one of my lifelong struggles. I've watched for almost 30 years an older pastor run the race of ministry. I remember when I first met him. It struck me how few his prayers were and how little he emphasized prayer. But through the years, I've seen an immense shift in his prayer life. He's become more and more dedicated to prayer. I believe this has happened because through a lifetime of ministry, he's become more and more aware of his dependence on God. Now, the Apostle Paul opens a window into his prayer life by often sharing his prayers with us. In this letter, he began with a prayer of gratitude for God, for the gospel, to God for the gospel growth that he sees across the world and in the church in Colossa. And then he turns his prayer toward requests for them. This is Colossians 1.9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, as we see what Paul prays about, we notice this is an ongoing and unceasing prayer. He's not writing this in his letter for effect. This prayer has been his constant refrain to the Father on the behalf of that little church. Now, the first focus of his prayer is for them to know the will of God. Now, when we hear the word know, we often think of knowledge and information. But Paul uses a special word here, like a code word, that means a knowledge that has become certain through experience. This is how we come to know the will of God. And knowing the will of God, well, it leads to wise decisions, decisions made in wisdom that open the way for a well-lived life. This knowledge comes through walking with God and coming to know who God is. Years ago, my first spiritual mentor was my pastor. His name was Bob Davis. He guided me as a young man through college and seminary and into ministry. Sadly, I lost his mentoring when he died fairly young. But even years later, Sandy and I, when we were faced with a difficult situation, would ask, what would Bob do? We can ask this question because we knew Bob. We knew him through experience. That's this kind of knowledge. And having this wisdom of Bob at our fingertips helped us through many trying moments when we weren't quite sure what to do. I think that this is where we want to get with God. That is what should be behind all of our decisions. I think of that when I see the WWJD bracelet. What would Jesus do? Now, this knowledge, this real knowing of someone and their will, well, it only comes with time and relationship. And I think this is what Paul is praying for, for the church in Colossae. This is something I pray for, for all of our people. Paul prays that they will so walk with God that they will come to know his will in their lives and in their church. 
providing them with spiritual wisdom and understanding. How could a pastor not want this for the church? And then second, he prays for them to be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. That's Colossians 1.11. Yes, Paul knows that they might have knowledge of God's will, but then how will they live it? Now, this verse is pretty cool in Greek because Paul repeats the use of the same word for power or strength as if to say, powered with all power or strengthened with all strength. You see, he just doesn't want them to live the life of God, the the life God has for them. He wants them to do this in God's power, not in their own. This means that our life in God is not something we give to God as much as learning how to live in such a way that the power of God is directed through us. It's not a life for God. It's a life with God. Now you might say, what difference does that make? Well, I think it makes all the difference in the world. Is your life a work you give to God? Or is it the place where you come to experience and know the power of God at work in you? Yeah, that's what Paul is praying for. One is a life of achieving. The other is a life of receiving grace and coming to know God's mighty power at work in you day after day. I want to return to my struggle with prayer. I think a turning point in my prayer came as I began to see that prayer was not something I had to do to gain God's favor or get God's attention so that he would act in my life. No, prayer provides the opportunity for me to know and enjoy the Father who already loves me. I don't have to pray. I get to pray. I'm privileged to come before the Father and enjoy fellowship with Him and come to see Him working in my life and in the lives of the people I love and in the city that I love. You see, prayer is not an obligation. It's not a burden. It's a gift. And this too I enjoy with the power of God. Now as we're getting started this week, let's pray. Lord God, show me that in the gospel, the way has been opened for us to come boldly to you. We bring our prayers before you as children coming to to our heavenly Father. Enable us to see you at work in our lives. Open the way for the knowledge of your will and provide your power to live the lives that you call us to. In the name of Jesus, amen.